Hello, everyone. This is Deb McBride, and welcome to my astrology podcast. It is Sunday, the 26th of May, 2019, and I'm broadcasting from beautiful Costa Rica. And I welcome you on this Memorial Day weekend in the United States. So happy Memorial Day. And what I want to start with is a discussion of what happened last week. So if you listened last week, you learned that on Wednesday, the 22nd of May, we had some interesting aspects because uh, Mars was sextiling Uranus, which was energetic and supportive. And then the moon was in Capricorn and it was doing an occultation to Saturn and Pluto. And I really observed this a lot while the day was going on because I wanted to see what the vibe was like, what the energy was like, so I could report to back to all of you about my observations. And so here's the story. So in, the, in Capricorn right now, we have the south node, we have Saturn, and then we have Pluto. So the south node and Saturn are separated by about two degrees. The south node's 18, Saturn is at 20, and Pluto is at 22. And... What happened was the moon, in its traveling through Capricorn, first hit the south node in the morning, in the late morning. Then it hit Saturn at 6.22 p.m., or where I am, it was 4.22 p.m. So my hours might be a little off. Um, and then it hit Pluto at 11.57 p.m. Eastern time. So those are Eastern time. 6.22 is Eastern time, 11.57 is Eastern time. Um, the south node was probably about, you know, maybe one in the afternoon, Eastern time. And so when something comes to the south node, especially the moon, which it's going to do once a month because the moon takes 28 days to go around the entire zodiac, it's going to reach the south node. And so this is significant because the south node is not just on its own in some other sign. It's close to this duo that we are going to be dealing with for the next year and a half and that I've spoken about extensively. Now, once the moon comes to the south node, we experience that vortex of the south node. And what happens is emotionally, and if you are a person who lives with the moon on the south node, or if you remember a progression you had, with your progressive moon going to the south node, you are going to remember what it feels like or know what it feels like to have this emotional planet touch the vortex of its own its own node. So there's a lunar nodes. And so the south node pulls us back into old habits, old ways of thinking, outworn patterns, patterns that are uh, not necessarily in our best interest because what we really want to do is go in the direction of the North Node, which is the equal and opposite point in Cancer, the sign of Cancer. And so what is Capricorn? Capricorn is business. Capricorn is commerce. Com Capricorn is uh, government, leaders, people who are in positions of authority. Um, it's where we do business. It's where we want to be successful. It's the natural ruler of the 10th house, which is about reputation and where we want to be known for our work. Um, but the Cancer 
North Node is about security, home, family, um, establishing roots, uh, establishing the support system that helps your life, establishing something profoundly supportive, and that's what we all want to do right now. Wherever the North Node is, in your chart, wherever it falls in one of those 12 houses, that's the area that you want to go to right now to connect with a support system. So maybe it's at work, maybe it's at home, maybe it's your book club, <laughs> maybe it's the gals you get together with uh, for lunch, whatever. There's um, the North Node is showing us where we need to take our roots, our security, our, and sort of build that there. Because when we do too much of the South Node, we inevitably get, inevitably get thrown back onto the North Node. Now, my teacher used to say, you can't just do one node. You can't just do the North Node. You can't just say, I'm only doing the North Node. Because inevitably, they're an axis, and inevitably, Saturn, I'm, not sorry, I'm sorry, not Saturn, the South Node is going to come back and visit you when you do the North Node. But we get obsessed about the South Node. We get obsessed about wherever it is. So wherever Capricorn is, in the opposite house of where you're focusing, you're going to get pulled into the story, the vortex, the, the old habits and patterns, the things that you want to obsess and focus on. And that's not necessarily handy right now. So when you do the North Node or when you say you're doing the North Node, you're focusing on the security and the, and the support system and the lovely people you have in your life or in that area of your chart, you are inevitably going to get the good part of the South Node. So that means you're not obsessing about it. You're not tw twisting yourself into a pretzel. You are not spinning into the vortex. Um, and it's very easy to spin into the vortex when the moon touches the South Node once every month. So what's going to happen is the moon touches the South Node and we go into the vortex and we go into this worrying, oh, this is bad, and it's really visceral. It, this, is, this is something, if you pay attention to it, it's really visceral. And if you had a point last Wednesday that you didn't feel great or you felt like you were worried about something, that might have been it. And Saturn has been very close to the South Node. Both Saturn and Pluto have been close to the South Node. And so we get hit with all of it at once. Now, they're separate for a little while. They are going to go back together again when during Saturn's retrograde. But what you want to focus on is not where that's taking you. So if you start to feel yourself on those moon south node days, that if you listen to me regularly, you'll know what days they are, you will, if you start to listen, pay attention to this and notice where you are being sucked into the story, the old story, and all of us have an old story we're working out right now because Saturn and Pluto are with the south node. So the old story that we want to heal uh, is connected to where the Capricorn house is. So if you want to pay attention to that, what you're going to do is you're going to say, ah, okay, I'm getting sucked into the story and try not to focus on it and get yourself busy with the things that have become fulfilling for you, where you're finding your support system, where your long-term goals are, where, wherever that cancer house is. Now, this is easier said than done because the vortex is the vortex. <laughs> you kind of feel like you're getting pulled into it. What's hard about this is there are two planets sitting near the south node. And when the moon comes in, it is a trigger. And it's, you know, as if we're dealing with it every day anyway, for the time being. 
Then the moon comes in and goes bing and hits the south node, bing, hits Saturn, bing, hits Pluto. And we're triggered. And inevitably, all of our insecurities, all of our swirling vortex, all of our things we are better off not obsessing over are going to get our attention or they're going to get our worry. Now, maybe they're not standing up in front of your face, but maybe all your worries about those things roll across your mind when you're having lunch or when you're going grocery shopping or when you're at work working on the computer. And it's very important to not give them a lot of power. It's very hard because Saturn and Pluto are really transforming us and we need to work with this. So the best way to work with this is awareness and just sort of getting through it. Saturn and Pluto show us where we're transforming. Saturn and Pluto show us where we are working through something and where we are going to summon our power and work to get to our goal and work out this good story. But Saturn and Pluto are helping us transform. Make no mistake, even though it feels like it's a royal journey uphill and it's powerful and it's daunting at times and it's, you know, not always creative um, and it feels old and dragging and, God, I can't wait for this arduous task to be over and how am I going to get through this? Well, we're all learning something. We're all in a process in Saturn and Pluto. We have to see them as helpers, even if they are making this, you know, a very long journey and they are driving a message home very strongly to each and every one of us right now. What is very interesting, what I observed very clearly was that the moon, when it occults a planet, which it did on Wednesday, it occulted Saturn, it occulted Pluto. An occultation is like an eclipse. And I mentioned last week that the lights go out. So if you, if you observe an eclipse and it's a solar eclipse and the moon is moving across the sun, the sun's light is hidden by the moon. And we watched these many times in our lives. And the big one in you know, 2017 was, was very popular. People watched it. And that was a powerful one. But when we have this occultation of a planet, the planet's energy blips out and we don't get the benefit or whatever from that planet. Now, it made me realize just how much Saturn and Pluto are helping us because when the moon goes to the south node and you're sort of in, in, you know, wringing your hands about it, then it goes to an occultation with Saturn and then an occultation with Pluto, which by the way, has been happening for months and is going to happen every month for the foreseeable year. We're going to have these every month, every four weeks. So be aware of that. And if you listen to me every week, you'll hear about when they are. We are getting an occultation, sort of an eclipse to Saturn and then an eclipse to Pluto. And the moon is shutting out the lights of these two planets, which means their energy is not available to us. And what I observed on Wednesday evening was that if we are in our process, and then first we're wringing our hands with the new moon, then when we get these occultations later in the day, we suddenly feel that the help that Saturn and Pluto are giving us, the transformation that we are all going through, the journey we're on, the process we're going through, suddenly doesn't feel like it's happening anymore. And 
that's a weird thing. What happened to my journey? What happened to my path? What happened to my transformation? Oh my God, that I feel like I lost the plot. And that's what it felt like. We lost the thread, we lost the plot. And that was complicated. So I don't believe that the occultations are giving us a break necessarily from it. Although maybe they're doing us a favor and, and if we take it that way, they're giving us a break. And since we get a little obsessed with the South Node, what we're feeling is like, well, wait, 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 wait. I, I had it together. I, I had this together and I don't know what happened. Those lights didn't go off permanently. They are just temporarily off. What I felt like was the best thing to do was just ignore it and like do your work and watch TV. If it's in the evening and you go home, go to sleep early, watch TV, don't worry about it. And we feel like our transformation is somehow being misplaced somewhere. And if you're paying close attention, now maybe you were just doing your thing and you had a work meeting and you had a dinner event and all that, it just didn't matter. You weren't paying attention, but you're not an astrologer, maybe like me, who's sitting here watching this and getting a sense of the energy. Um, but I thought it was really important to discuss that. So once a month, we're going to feel these lights go out. And, you know, that's the time to just say, okay, I don't know the answers right now. I don't know what to do next, and I can't know what to do next. And so I'm just going to let it go for now. And it's really hard to let it go because the South Node is there. And South Node wants us to keep gnawing away at it and, and needling it. And you know what it feels like to be needled. Something is needling you, something is bothering you. Um, I have an analogy that when we were all kids and our we were losing our baby teeth. Remember how it felt to have a loose tooth in your mouth? And you kept playing with it with your tongue or with your finger? That's what that feels like to me. You keep going back and playing with something. It's going to fall out. The tooth is going to fall out and your new tooth is going to come in. But you have to keep playing with it. And that's what it feels like to keep going back to the south node when the moon crosses it once a month. So bear that in mind. And be very cautious about like what you do with it on those days. Those are not days you want to take big steps. You just want to pay attention and listen to what your heart's telling you and listen to what your intuition's telling you. Elsewhere this coming week, we have some very interesting aspects with Mercury, who's a busy guy this week on Wednesday the 29th. Mercury is going to square Neptune in the evening, 9.23 p.m. Eastern time. Mercury square Neptune is very intuitive, and it's creative, it's inspiring, it's beautiful. It may be information that's incorrect, <laughs> or it may be it's, you know, information that feels right, but you're not sharing it with anybody. But Mercury and Neptune are highly intuitive. And they are getting ready to squirt each other. So that's that one thing. But the next day, um, at the following evening, we have Mercury opposing Jupiter. So what's happening right now is that Mercury is triggering both Neptune and Jupiter, which are spiritual planets, which both in their own way rule Pisces. And so Neptune is in Pisces, and it's at 18 degrees, and it's making a very lovely aspect to Saturn and the South Node and, and, you know, a little wide to Pluto. But Neptune is supporting us, and that's why I say listen to your intuition, because Neptune's supporting us in the Saturn Pluto journey and the South Node journey. So it's, it's making a lovely relationship to him. So you want to pay attention to that. And so Mercury is squaring Neptune, but then it opposes Jupiter. Jupiter is in a wide square to Neptune is about three degrees apart, three and a half, four degrees apart. And what's happening is, um, you know, it, it squares one and opposes the other. So it's going to oppose Jupiter. So there might be lots of energy and lots of conversations and lots of information flying around on Thursday. 
So be prepared for information, psychic information, and listen to your intuition and tune into what you're being told and read between the lines. You know, if it's not, if you're not particularly intuitive or psychic or you don't use those things very much, maybe what you want to do is just try to read between the lines in your day and see who's telling you why or what's going on. You may get some good information. You may get some new insights, which is very important. And I always help, I always tell people to meditate. It's always a good thing. And that, those are good days to meditate. Those are good days to do creative work or intuitive work or, you know, visit an astrologer. And so Mercury is busy. Mercury is the planet of communication, remember, and he's intellect and articulation and spoken word, written word. So maybe these are times to connect with people, speak to them, listen to them, and just connect with them intuitively. Send an intuitive message to someone you love. You know, maybe they're far away. You don't get to talk to them very much, but just think of them and send them light. Those are good things to do during Mercury, Neptune, Mercury, Jupiter. And be aware that your psychic you know, information is felt by the other person. You send them love, and that's always a good thing. Meanwhile, Venus is kind of busy this week also because she makes a sextile to Neptune on Thursday the 30th, and it's in the afternoon, Eastern time, 12 to then. And that's, you know, so Neptune's getting a lot of activity. It's getting touched by lunar planets, which means, again, you know, some psychic information, some creative juices are flowing. Um, Neptune, Venus is excellent for writing music, poetry, uh, being creative in any way, being imaginative. Let your imagination run wild this week. Let your self be creatively imaginative and poetic and a little dreamy. It's okay this week. Last week was all about you know Mercury and the Sun and Gemini, and there was lots of information flying around that last Tuesday with that combust Mercury and so much, so much, you know, detail in in everything that day so that was it was i felt it very strongly <laughs> um and moving right along mercury mercury calms down and venus trines saturn on the 31st friday so venus is making a happy aspect to saturn venus is saying hi um because venus is in her sign of taurus and she likes it so there's this lovely trying to saturn but she's sextiling Neptune. So there's all this good, smooth energy with Venus this week. So good relationship stuff. And by the end of the week, we will be in the dark of the new moon. So these are the days before the new moon, which is at 12 degrees Gemini and will happen on the 3rd of June, which is already next Monday, if you can believe it. So um, Venus is going to try and Saturn. And then naturally she will try and Pluto the next day, which is or two days later, actually, the second of June, and then we have the new moon. So there's a lot of conversation going on here, a lot of conversation with the inner planets, a lot of conversation of relationships, friendships, uh, creativity, and then the new moon in Gemini, which is going to be uh, aligned close to the fixed star Aldebaran, which is a very powerful fixed star in we always make sure when we're dealing with Aldebaran that it is energy used for the good and the benefit of others as opposed to, you know, underhanded or selfish means. Um, so we like this new moon 12 degrees Gemini, and that's very early in the morning on Monday, 6.02 a.m. next Monday, the 3rd of June, 6.02 a.m. Eastern time. And 
it's actually a good informational, good day to get things done, good things to do, writing, creative writing. With all this Venus talking to Saturn and talking to Pluto, she's moving over what she did back in April when she squared them. And when she was, or actually back a couple weeks ago, recently, she feels like a month ago, it was only a few weeks ago that she squared them. Now she's trying to launch this as a smooth aspect. And so remember what was going on was tedious a few weeks ago, but now it's, it's pleasant, it's lovely. We like it when Venus talks to the other planets in a sweet way. So she's having a nice conversation with Neptune. She's having a nice conversation with Saturn and Pluto. This is all good. And we like it when, you know, the, the gods give us a few, like, breaks every now and again. So I expect that this is a week where we're going to feel like we get a little break, we get some smooth sailing for a little bit, and we get connected to our creativity again and, and our purposes in our, in our life. Um, in a new refreshing way instead of being stressful. So um, the void moon, the longest void moon is going to be on Thursday the 30th, which starts at 11.08 a.m. and then is Eastern time and it's void for the rest of the day. So it doesn't go into, it goes, it's Aries ordinaries and it's going to go into Taurus quarter to one in the morning on Friday the 31st. So you got a long void moon on Thursday. Use it to do regular tasks, run errands, you know, those kind of just regular work. Um, nothing. Try not to start anything too new towards the end of the week anyway, because remember we have a new moon on Monday the 3rd. And it's always better to wait. If you're going to do something new and start fresh with something, better to wait until the new moon happens. So, you know, once you get up on Monday morning, especially if you're an early riser, you can just get to work right away and do whatever it is that's new. And, you know, in this week, you can prepare. You can do some preparation work for the new moon. Um, but you don't really want to start, like, especially if you have that void on Thursday, take it easy that day, just do regular stuff and, you know, make plans, get your ducks in a row for the new moon. It's never good to start something in the dark of the moon. It's not fruitful. So it's never hurtful to start something brand new on a void moon unless it's sort of an unexpected something new, um, which you couldn't help. So the other void is just Tuesday until 2.30 in the afternoon Eastern time, and then it's pretty much okay after that. And Saturday the 1st, it goes void at 6.52 p.m. in Taurus, and it's void for the rest of the day, but it's Saturday. So take a break. And it goes into Gemini the next morning at 7.48 a.m. So getting ready for that new moon. So busy moon, busy Mercury, busy Venus. Um, you know, the moon will touch Saturn and Pluto on Thursday the 30th before it goes void. So it's the middle of the night if, you're, if you live in New York or Boston or Florida. Um, and if you live other places in the world, well, then it's going to touch that Saturn Pluto. But it's because the moon is in Aries, it will square them. It's okay. It's not going to feel like this is not an occultation. This is not last Wednesday. So just be aware of that. Those are little tweaks in the week. And I also think that, you know, when we have these aspects, when we have the moon touching Saturn Pluto, it gives us an awareness of what's really going on for us. And and how our journey is progressing and what steps we need to take. So it's good it gets challenged every now and again. 
this week we're going to get some fresh energy. So that's very nice. That's about it. And I wish you all a beautiful week and a beautiful new moon, which we'll talk again before the new moon. Um, I'm Deb McBride. If you are interested in astrology session, I can be reached Deb at debmcbride.com. And my uh, YouTube page is up with videos about Saturn Pluto. My Instagram and my Twitter are at Deb Astrology. And if you have any questions about astrology, feel free to contact me. I wish you a good week. Thank you for listening.